Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Follow me on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Friday, August 14th, 2020. And yesterday was a fairly interesting day inside the Big Ten because shortly after I recorded the podcast yesterday morning, the news came out that Nebraska, they're a little bit scared about leaving the Big Ten. So they decided that they're not going to lose about $50 million. They will continue to be inside the Big Ten. But here's another catch-22 with that. The contract will be ending soon. So I believe that it looks like there's an opportunity for them to go. We'll see what happens. But if, if, if Nebraska wanted to leave, and it seems as if the Big 12 is more than welcome to have them back. They said yesterday, you know what, if you want to come back, I mean, they didn't say it, say it, but there are rumors that said if Nebraska wanted to come back to the Big 12, that they would have them back. So that's something to monitor going forward, but it's not going to happen for at least another two years. But still, that's that's something to look at. But right after that, Jeff Brom came out with a plan. And this is what I wish Kevin Warren had done on Tuesday. And I... I have been fairly critical about the way that Kevin Warren has handled this. Uh, No unanimous vote from the presidents as to whether or not they should continue with college football or not. I, I think regardless of what the presidents had voted ultimately, I think Kevin Warren was going to do his own thing. I think Kevin Warren thought that it was in his realm to do what he needed to do. And yes, he did that, but What I would have liked was for Kevin Warren to say, look, at this point in time, we don't believe that fall football is viable. And here are the reasons why. He just kept saying uncertainty, uncertainty, uncertainty. And that obviously still bothers me right now. Whereas when you look over at the Pac-12 and what Larry Scott did, Larry Scott at least admitted that his conference was not prepared to handle something like this. That they, They don't have the resources in order to put the players in a position where he feels safe for them to do that. California has an issue with the coronavirus right now. There are four schools in the Pac-12 that reside in California. Valid points. I will take that. I will buy it. If Warren said, hey, look, Brady Feeney out at Iowa, the freshman offensive tackle, got coronavirus, had issues with it, has potential for myochondritis, And we're scared. We don't want this to happen to any more of our student-athletes. I'm buying that too. But he didn't say that. He just said uncertainty, uncertainty, uncertainty. And that, to me, just felt weak. Not strong. What would have been strong is if you came out and said, hey, look, this is what we're doing. We don't feel as if we are putting the players in a safe position. Now, yes, he did say that, but I want specifics. I want exactly why. And if he gave that and he gave a firm answer, I'd be fine with it. But he didn't. And what I would have liked on top of that is exactly what Jeff Brom did. Jeff Brom came out yesterday with a proposal, albeit a wacky proposal, and I'm going to go over that in just a second, but a proposal for a spring season 
working into a fall season. That is what I wish Kevin Warren had done. Just say, hey, look, we've outlined a plan, and here it is. Now, from what a few athletic directors have said in the last day, yesterday, they didn't say much because there really wasn't much of a plan. There wasn't much on the docket. There wasn't many conversations about this. There were conversations about that it could happen. Those were the conversations as opposed to planning something for that to happen. So here's Jeff Brom's proposal. Eight game spring season starting in February. Games played in February. The camp would start on the 16th of January. You got two weeks, uh, just kind of regular uh, abiding by NCAA rules with that one with time frames. Perfectly fine. Uh, then you'd get into actual camp camp uh, at the end of January heading into the season. So really you have about six weeks to get into the football season. Uh, no bye weeks, which to me I don't think works because of the fact that you, you know, look, we don't know where the country is going to be with handling the coronavirus at that point in time. And the flu season starts right around Thanksgiving, so you know, late November, and it runs through March typically. So who knows, you know, not having a not having bye weeks, I think that's tough. That you have to have bye weeks just in case. You have to. An eight game season, that's quick. That's a lot. I'm not sure that's gonna work either. I think you're closer to six games to be honest with you, and having two bye weeks. Now, Brom did have a two-week prep before the postseason, which is perfectly fine with me. But I think at this point in time, it makes more sense to just cut it down to six games and then have your postseason. The reason why is because there's just, you know, there's just not enough, I don't think. Um, the eight-game season without a bye, that's a lot. That's a lot. Playing, you know, nine, nine games in ten weeks, 11 weeks almost, uh, you know, that makes sense. But uh, I think that, you know, if you want football, and it's going to be watered down, let's be real here. It's Football is going to be watered down. But that that's what you're looking at. So he gave two plans for the postseason. Uh, plan A, a Big Ten championship, and then a, a Rose Bowl or a 14 playoff. And then he also gave a plan B, which is a 16 playoff. All the Power Five champions plus a wild card, and then the top two seeds would have a bye. I like that. I love that. I think it's fantastic. I think that's how the college football playoffs should be, anyways. Reward the top two teams for their regular season run, whether it be an undefeated season, a one loss season, whatever. There should be some sort of reward for those teams for the way that they performed. So I like that. I think that Jeff Brom's smart with that one. Now here is what's next. A full discrepancy period. He says three months off starting mid-April and going through mid-July. End of season. It just kind of depends on where the season ends up. Okay. And then come July, he's got a summer period for six weeks. He's got... 
another mandatory week off prior to getting training camp started at the beginning of September. The season would begin in October, four weeks after a training camp. A 10-game season, one bye. Again, not having byes just kind of bothers me here. Because I just I think you need to have those bye weeks to plan for craziness. I think you just do. And again, goes back to the same type of playoff six game. I'm sorry, six team format. Love it. And then the same thing with the Big Ten championship, and then the Rose Bowl, the four team playoff. Not terrible. There are some good things. There are some bad things. He color-coded it, which I thought was interesting. But to me, I'm not sure if this works. I love it. I think it's great. I think that there's something formulated on paper. I think that, that that's what I wish that Kevin Warren had done. Just say, hey, look, this is just a proposed plan. This is something that could happen. And this is what we've been talking about for months because they've had months and months and months to prepare for something like this. And we all knew spring football was entirely a possibility. There's been rumors about it for months now, right? So why weren't Kevin Warren and the Big Ten prepared to at least have a statement on what a spring season could be? I mean, literally, Jeff Brom took two days to do this. And how come Kevin Warren didn't have it? I just don't understand. And that hurts a lot, the Big Ten players, because there's no plan. There's no outline. There's no idea what the hell is going to happen next. And I wish that they had come out with a strong statement on Tuesday. And on top of that, with a strong statement, they would have said, hey, look, we've had plenty of time to think about a plan about what a spring season would look like. Here's what our initial plans are. I would have loved that, but unfortunately that didn't happen. And so I think the Big Ten has been made to look like a fool. And we'll see if there's more ramifications towards it. Now, I did mention yesterday that Ohio State lost a commit. And I thought that there would be more. Well, there isn't quite more. Because guess what? The Big Ten actually added a couple commits yesterday. And yes, it's the 22 class. And by the time that these young men arrive on campus, it's not going to really matter because everything should be back to normal by then. So Penn State added yet another highly recruited tight end in Georgia, Holden Sates. 6'4", 220, offers from Alabama, Georgia, Florida, LSU, and Big Ten powers Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, James Franklin, this is a big-time commit for you. Big time. That tight end room at Penn State is the envy of multiple colleges across the country. There is so much talent in there, so much talent, and they continue to recruit high-level guys in there, high-level guys. And Sates is just the next in a run of great tight ends. And tight ends that have been useful as well. It's not just guys that are talented that don't get a lot of opportunities. These guys are getting a lot of opportunities to play and to be a focal point of an offense. And look, you've got Pat Freyermuth, who is 
he I'm not sure if he's a first round pick, but he's up there. Mike Gasecki just left to the NFL. He was a second round pick. I mean, that it, it just keeps James Franklin's just churning out high level tight ends. And Sates is the next one online on the list. Minnesota also added a 22 prospect in Ohio defensive end Trey Bixby. A Bixby 6'5", 245 pounds. Love that frame. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Penn State, Michigan State, Arkansas are a couple of the early offers that Bixby had. Not as big-time recruit as Sates is, but still a good one. Look, anytime you can go into Ohio, grab one of the best prospects in the state and beat out early beat out you know say ohio state and and even michigan to a degree because michigan i believe does a decent job in ohio not the greatest job not like they used to but there is at least some presence a good job pj fleck and there's one thing that pj fleck can do and that's go into a house and impress people because i got a chance to meet pj fleck last year at the big 10 media days and man there aren't very many coaches that get you fired up, the, at least me personally. But, man, he got me fired up. So uh, that, that's a guy I could see why there's tons of enthusiasm around P.J. Fleck and why they believe that you know Minnesota is a potential sleeping giant if P.J. Fleck continues to do what he's doing, continues to re- recruit well, start get that progress onto the field with winning results like they did last year. 11 wins, big-time bowl game. You got first-round picks coming at you. Yeah, I, I think Minnesota is trending in the right way. Uh, one other note from the NCAA, they decided to cancel all fall championships. Uh, Mark Emmert noted the fact that there will be half of the teams participating, so he can't in his right mind do that. However, the FCS schools he can say no to. But the FBS, as we all know, he has no power. There is no central government over the FBS. So with that in mind, like I told you the other day, the college football football committee, they are going forward with everything. Uh, There are virtual meetings right now. They are continuing to pretend as if everything is going to be normal come December when they need to make a decision. So it's interesting that the NCAA cancels everything, but you can see a college football, a D1 college football team get crowned a national championship if football actually continues to happen. One note on the basketball side of things as Michigan State added talented in-state point guard Jaden Atkins to their 21 class. Now it's not like their 22 class here, uh, when you're talking about Imani Bates and uh, Enoch Bokoye, you don't have two five-stars just lurking in the wings there. But the 21 class for Tom Izzo is pretty damn good anyways. Pretty damn good. And the addition of Atkins is, is a pretty solid one at 6'360 pounds. Had a very solid offer list. Uh, Michigan, Iowa, Northwestern, Florida, Louisville were some schools that were after him. You know there's one thing that Tom Izzo can do. It's recruit. He does it at a high level, boys and girls, a very high level. And once again, he's shown that because Jaden Adkins is a guy that could have went pretty much anywhere, but he stayed in state. He's going to play for one of the best programs in the country, one of the best programs in the big 10. 
and uh, you know he'll, he'll pay for one of the best coaches in the country as well. So a very good addition for Tom Izzo and Michigan State. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great weekend, Big Ten fans. I will talk to you on Monday morning.